You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. How can we honor God with our wealth? Find out in this message by Pastor Sol Wang. We've been going through a series called Honor God. Okay? And I believe uh, we had a great time. I had a great time. Pastor June Escosar basically opened our series and we've talked about you know, to honor God with our hearts. And you know how it is that we can actually come or be guilty of honoring God okay, or worshiping God and our hearts could be far from really worshiping God. So really, the, the sta- starting point of honoring God is the heart. Everybody say, my heart. That is where it starts. Okay? And then second, then second week, Pastor Ariel talked about um, honoring God with our bodies. Right? We all know that our bodies, this is the temple of God. Okay? He resides in us. We have, you know, whether you like it or not, one day when we meet God, okay, we will give an accounting what we have done here on earth with our bodies. That's why this body is made holy for His purpose already. Okay? But this week, okay, this particular Sunday, we will talk about honoring God with what? Our wealth. Amen. Uh, just curious, how many of you have wealth? But when I was asking that, you know, everybody has wealth, okay? You gotta be, say, I'm blessed to have wealth. Praise God. You know, my first encounter with honoring God with our wealth was uh, many, many years back when um, I, uh, I was courting my ex-girlfriend. Okay, now she's my wife, okay? Yeah, the first time I ever stepped into Victory Christian Fellowship was in Shangri-La Mall. So if you've been here long enough, to know that there is a, a church service happening in Shangri-La Mall way back. That was the day that I entered Victory. And my first encounter with this um, offering envelope okay, was that day. Okay, um, if, you, if, if you were like me before, I come from another church. Okay? In our church, you know, when we give to God, it's about loose change. Okay? We have an offering plate. We didn't have an envelope like this, we, but we do have an offering plate. And every time it's passed around, you'll hear the, the clanging sound of the coins. Cling, 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 right? Actually, you know, it kind of upgraded somehow, and uh, there was also bills that were present in that plate. Okay? Uh, again, if you're born yesterday, uh, you'd probably see those two peso bill. Okay? For some of you, you you're probably, huh? Was there a two peso bill? Yes, there were. Okay, two peso bill. We had a five peso bill, and um, that was Andres Bonifacio. I just remember. And the ten peso bill had uh, Apolinario Mabini, right? I think that's that's the one, right? Correct. So we had that. We had the ten. We had the twenty pesos. But for the young generation, you have the coins. It's already devalued. Okay, but during our time, that's what you will see in this in this um, offering plates. Now. I was there my first time, and I was courting this woman, and I really wanted to impress her. So I said to myself, if I'm going to give to God, okay, I'm not going to give the loose change. Okay? If you know what I'm talking about, right? You're going to give your, your loose change. So I said, ah, then I have to look at, you know, look at my wallet. So I opened my wallet. I didn't look at the 5 peso, 10 peso, 20 peso. I said, ooh, maybe the 50 peso bill. I said, you know, probably the 50 peso bill will make a mark, you know. But I said, but the 50 peso bill is not impressive. Because I want to impress her, right? I want to impress my, my, my uh, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Here I was, I took out a 100 peso bill. 
Wow. Way back that time, 100 peso bought you something, okay? 100 peso bill can get your car gas and you'll be able to drive around Metro Manila for hours, okay? That 100 peso bill. So I said, I'm going to give 100 peso bill. And I, you know, I intentionally opened the, uh, the envelope, placed the 100 peso bill, and I side glanced, see if she was looking. But she was not looking. But when I looked at her, I saw her take out from her wallet four 1,000 peso bills. And I said, you know, you know how it is? You, you, you got so embarrassed and you just like you want to melt. And I said, oh no, she's taking 4,000. She's giving 4,000 pesos in this envelope. And me, 100 pesos. So, hiya, diba? Hiya talaga. So, I got another 100 peso bill. <laughs> As if it will do something, you know. And see, this, you have to understand, I, 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 it was my first time in church. I wasn't, I wasn't saved. I was an unbeliever, okay? I know God. I have a, a basically, you know, an understanding of God, but no relationship at all. And this led me to a lot of questions, okay? These are the questions that, you know, kind of sprung up when I was looking at her, give that 4,000 pesos. And the first question uh, that was in my mind was this, how in the world was she able to give that big amount, 4,000 pesos? I just cannot imagine how she, can, how, how she can do that. I didn't understand about the tithe. I have no concept whatsoever about 10%. I have no concept about giving to God. But this was my biggest question. What? How was he able to do that? And then the second question came to my mind was this. Why do we give to God? I mean, I don't see God receive the money. I mean, do you? Do you? you don't, right? I mean, when you're exhorted, you know, you got to give to God. But where is God? You, know, you don't see Him physically, right? So that was a question. You know, I just didn't understand but bottom line was this. Why honor God with our wealth? Right? Why honor Him? And you know what I came to realize was this. I came to realize that I had a hard time giving to God because I simply don't know who God is. That's the whole reality. Of course, there was religion classes in our school. Okay? We were brought up in this school where they taught about God, Jesus, uh, Mother Mary, you know, all of, all of the saints and all of that. We were there. I understood about God, but I had no understanding of who God was. I was have no relationship whatsoever with God. That's why this is a statement I want us to look at today and really internalize it. Because when we don't know God, it is quite impossible to honor Him. Agree? It is quite impossible to honor someone or to give respect to because you just don't have that relationship with this person. Kind of like this. I can honor my, my mom and dad simply because they raised me up. I grew up with them. They took care of me. We have that relationship, right? So I can honor them. I honor Pastor Ariel, Pastor Chico, Rain, and even Conrad, okay, part of our, our, our leadership team here in Akasha. You know, I can honor them because we have a shared life. But for me to honor somebody I do not know, or probably I know this person but don't have that relationship, it's kind of hard, isn't it? And that's the whole point. That's the whole point why we have a hard time, I have a hard time in honoring God because I don't know Him and I have no relationship 
whatsoever. So hopefully today, as we dig into our scriptures, we, we, we just won't look at a command of God, right? Remember, it's a commanded to us to honor God with your wealth, right? Hopefully that's not what we're looking at. Hopefully we will come to a point that we will know God and we will honor Him simply because we understand who He is and we could respect Him and honor Him. Amen? Praise God. So I'm not here to exhort you with giving. Okay? Uh, Conrad did that earlier. <laughs> but I'm here to exhort you that the God we serve is truly worthy of all honor and glory. Amen? Can we all stand? Let's just read the scripture. In fact, this is such a short verse. I'd like everybody to read it with me aloud, okay? Aloud. All right? Ready? One, two, three. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you for this privilege and honor to know more about you. Holy Spirit, come, open our hearts and open our minds. May we truly understand how it is to honor you. May we know the true meaning of honoring you, Lord God, with our wealth. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. <coughs> now, again, if you've been here long enough with Victory, the, this is like um, the verse of all verses when it comes to doing offering, right? <laughs> you've probably heard this, I don't know, a hundred, a thousand times over, you know, shared in the pulpit, shared on the stage, and everybody would say, you know, honor God with your, health, with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, there's nothing wrong with this verse. In fact, this is a command by God. And we all know that in every command of God, if we fully obey, what happens? We receive blessings, right? We receive blessings when we obey God, okay? Now, honor the Lord with your wealth. This one, this verse... Um, specifically has a two-prong approach. Look at this. Honor the Lord with, number one, your wealth. That would probably, you know, talk about your substance, the things that is tangible today. Maybe your cars, your house, your, your, um, your real estate property, the clothes you're wearing. This is, this is part of your wealth. Maybe for the ladies, your jewelries, right? I mean, this is wealth. And it says you got to honor God with this wealth. And then the second, the second part of this is this. You need to honor God with the first fruits of all your produce. Meaning every time you work, you have income, right? We give God the tithe, okay? The 10%, the first fruits, not the second nor the last. Meaning it should be the best that you will give to God. He comes first. Amen. Amen. <laughs> right. And there's nothing wrong with this because God commands us to do this and lo and behold, if you look at the, the following verse, it says, Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Okay? In our case, we don't have barns. Not unless you're a farmer, we have bank accounts, right? And how many of you want your bank accounts to be filled? Come on, I mean, seriously. Come on, that's all of us, right? And that's good, and that's great. And then it says that you will have plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's amazing, you know, this verse, when you look at, you look at the commentary, I mean, the, the, when you look at the cross-references of this verse, it actually points us back 
to Deuteronomy chapter 28 where, where Moses was giving out all the commands of God. And then this is how he said it. He said, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you, accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. And it goes on. It says, You will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. And that's great. How many of you want that blessing? That's all of us. Love the blessing. Love it. Command of God. Obey it. But hopefully, when you talk about honoring God, there's something deeper than just doing it. You see, it's quite simple to do this. In fact, if you, have, if you get somebody and just tell them, you got to obey this because you will receive all the promises of God if you obey. So this, this person, he obeys it, right? Without understanding what it's all about. So if, if we read the scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, if you receive, receive that, that scripture, it's not enough just to look at it that way. We need to dig in and find out the whole context. We need to understand why it was written. What's it all about? Why honor God with our wealth? Okay? Remember, you can give God your tithes, your offering, but you, don't, you cannot also... I mean, you can do that. You can honor God with your wealth, the tithe, the offerings, and all of that, but miss out on the whole picture, the real deal. So hopefully today, my prayer is that God will open our eyes We'll have a better understanding now of how it is to honor God. Amen? It's not a robotic thing. It's not, not an automatic thing because I'm a Christian. I need to give my tithe. That's not what we want. We want you to give your tithe because you understand what it is for. Amen? Praise God. And the only way we can do that is go to the beginning verses of this chapter. Okay? Uh, chapter 3, of course, how, who wrote Proverbs? King Solomon, right? The wisest king above all the earth, okay? I mean, just here on earth, not this Jesus, heaven and earth, okay? But King Solomon. Now, King Solomon wrote this as an exhortation to his son because the, the concern of a father to his son is to give the best for his son. How many of you are dads here? Okay? We want the best. If you're a parent, even if you're a mom right now, you want the best for your kids, right? So this is, this is um, King Solomon exhorting his son, and he wanted his son to be successful in life. So he gives him an exhortation to keep the commandments of God. And you'll find this in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. He said, he said to his son, My son, okay, do not forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. Now Solomon wanted his son to, to love the law of God. Okay? Just as David loved the law of God. When David wrote the first psalm, he says, You know, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. He meditates on this night and day. And Solomon was saying to his son, hey, you got to follow your grandfather. <laughs> he loved the word of God. He kept that command. And in fact, 
He wanted His Son to love it so much. Because no matter where you go in this world, you can go to national bookstore and find, you know, the, the secret success to life or how to get rich, you know. In all of these things, you know, uh, you know, 10 steps to getting wealth or something like that, you know. You find it all over power books perhaps or national books or you won't find it there. He says, you won't find it there. You will find it here as you keep the commands of God. As you embrace it and you love it. In fact, let me, let me show you in verse 3 to 4. King Solomon said, You know, son, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And this is it. So that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Can you imagine the secret of the universe? All the things that you're looking for elsewhere around the block, it's just here. The wisest king said it. We need to keep our steadfast love in our hearts. Write them there. The steadfast love to God and His commands. That's the secret of things. Now, in the coming verse, this is the most controversial verse that I want to show you today. In fact, this is something that I want you to really open your heart. In verse 5, the Bible says, can you read that with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And this is where the whole issue lies. I believe even before Jesus Christ, even in the time of Adam and Eve, this is the main issue that Solomon was telling his son. Remember, the wisest king, he knows everything, right? I mean, he's the wisest king in all the world. He's got that wisdom. And he says, you know, this is the main issue, son. I mean, if you're, if you're hearing me today, it's the same thing. It's like King Solomon talking to all of us. Don't miss out on this, son, my daughter. You know, you've got to trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding why because the main issue even today is this word called trust everybody say trust one more time say trust that's the main issue that is the main issue why if you look back at the beginning if you look back at genesis adam and eve right they were in the garden and god said to them you know you got everything i'm giving to you everything except do not eat the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, you know this, right? And what was the sin? It was a sin of disobedience, right? They disobeyed God, right? But that's not it. You see, Adam and Eve, the issue was not disobedience. That was the fruit of what happened. The issue was trust. Adam and Eve... Long ago, that is their issue. They could not trust God for His Word. God said to them that do not eat this fruit. You can have everything you like except this. And what was that? Except not to trust what I'm saying to you today. You come fast forward to the time of Jesus, to the time here today where we're sitting right now, our main issue my issue as well is trust. 
right? If you are honest with, with yourself today, are you 100% trusting God? If we will be really honest and say, God, I trust you today. Not many of us can say that. Not even I. Because that's the reality. So it begs this question to be answered. So if that is the case, how then can we honor God if we simply cannot trust Him? Think about it. Let it sing for a while. How can we honor God if we can't trust Him? How can we honor God if we can't trust Him for our daily needs? How can we honor God if we simply can't trust Him that He is in control? How can we honor God if we cannot trust Him as our provider? How can we trust God or how can we honor Him if we cannot trust Him that He is faithful, He is our Redeemer, He is our refuge, our Father, our Healer, Redeemer, in fact, our Savior. It's quite difficult to honor God if we simply cannot trust Him. But I guess the issue is not really in the how, but we need to know the why. Okay? In order for us to answer the how, you need to know the why. See, this is a question, this very simple, simple sermon. This question needs to be answered today. Why honor God with our wealth? I want to share to you three things, three reasons why. The first one is this. Because God is trustworthy. Amen? Because God is trustworthy. Now, financial institutions today, you talk about um, Pru Life, Sun Life, Phil Am Life, Ayala Life, Manual Life, Real Life, and Deva Paleonora, Real Life, I mean, all the life, okay? The life insurance company. What, what do they have in common? Okay? How do they build their companies? They build it on this word called trust. That's why they are called a trust company, right? Now think about this. These companies invest heavily promoting their company so that you can build that trust. They'll tell you, you know, 25 years of experience, 100 years of experience, and you know, all, all of you will agree, yeah, you're there for many years. And yeah, I can trust you. That's why you go there, right? Nothing wrong with that, okay? But when you talk about God, God does not have to build His trust. Why? Because God is already trustworthy. It is His being, amen. It's His character. You don't have to say, God, you got to build your trust first. No. God is trustworthy, period. It is His nature. It's Him. There's nothing wrong with God. The reason why you don't trust somebody is because, mm, medyo iffy, diba? Medyo I don't trust this guy because, you know, especially when you meet someone new, sabi niya, ah, salubong ang kilay niya, diba? Parang, you know what I'm saying? You know, you have your doubts when you meet somebody new, Right? But God is not that. He's, a, he's perfect. There is no sin. There's nothing wrong with Him. Eh? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And see, King Solomon said, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. King Solomon again, exhorting his son to trust the Lord with all his heart because in the, his experience, King Solomon knew God. That God is a trustworthy God. That's why he is worthy of all honor, all glory, and all praise. It's him. Let me show you in Psalm 93 verse 5. The Bible says, your decrees are very trustworthy. The word of God is trustworthy, in other words. Worthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Okay? Now, this is our challenge. Our hearts does not trust. Maybe, this is where the challenge is, right? Hear me out. Okay? God is okay. We have no, God has no problem. He is trustworthy. The problem lies here. Me. Everybody say me. Trust. Many of us have a hard time trusting God. And that's the reality of things. Amen. If you are true to yourself, that is my issue. Why? Maybe because you've sinned against God. That's why you fear Him. Or maybe because you were hurt in the past. Now, when you look at God, it's kind of hard, you know, understanding Him as someone you could trust. Now, I came, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I respect my dad, I love my father, he passed away already, but my father was a, you know, detached kind of a person. We didn't have that, you know, uh, warm, warm uh, relationship, okay? We were just, uh, I had a hard time. I had a hundred hard time that, you know, he was not our provider. My mother provided for us. And that's why when I come to God, I have a trust issue that's deeply seated here in this heart of mine, not knowing that I couldn't trust the Lord because of a past experience. I don't know about you, but maybe some of you went through that same, same ordeal. Maybe in the past, you know, there were people that you were trusting, then that trust was broken. That's why today you have a hard time trusting God. But you need to understand, when we honor God with everything, okay, the reason for that is because He is already trustworthy. We need not worry. In Psalm 111, verse 7, the Bible says, The work of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. See, when we say, God, you are trustworthy, you're saying, God, I can rely on you. No matter what happens, God is faithful. Amen. Amen. He is faithful. And, you know, we, you can actually be the judge of that. The reason why we're all here is because of the faithfulness of God. The reason we are still breathing today, experiencing, you know, the word of God, the worship, is because of His faithfulness. And that is who our God is. He is a trustworthy God. But of course, maybe some of you would be asking, but pastor, I mean, if he's really trustworthy, then why is he taking away my wealth? <laughs> you know, because you were, it's funny. Because how it is in church when, you know, it's called, um, how do you call that fatigue? It's called uh, the giving fatigue or something. The giver's fatigue, right? You see, when you, when, you, when you talk to these people, they, they say, you know, is God the great taker? I mean, He takes our tithes, our 10%. 
the offering, and then we have to give to the building fund, and we have to give to Real, Fo- Real Life Foundation. I mean, there's so many things you have. You, you know what I'm saying, right? The benevolence, the funds. I mean, is he the great taker? You know, the answer is no. It's interesting, when I read this, with this article, it blew me away. Let me read it to you. It says here that everything he created was designed to reflect his giving nature. The sun gives heat. The clouds give rain, trees help provide oxygen, the earth gives resources, on and on it goes. Everything that God created reflects God's generous spirit except humanity. For us, we cling to what is ours and refuse to give it up. You know, the moment that you woke up today, the moment that you woke up today, you breathe, you took, you took air, Right? Then you, the moment you, went, you entered your bathroom, you took a bath, you actually took water with you, right? You drank it, of course. And then when you woke up, you see the, the, the sunlight, there was light, you know, and then you could see things. And you see, there is so many things that we fail to see that we take from God and we take it for granted. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. Sometimes I don't see the sun, yeah, because it's dark in our room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's the reality. We are more of the great taker. And if, if, and if you're not yet convinced, you know, look at, look at what God has done for you and me. God gave His one and only Son. So precious to redeem you and me. And think about that. Now, so who's the great taker? Us. He is a great giver. That's why he is trustworthy. So why honor God with our wealth? The second reason is this, because God is our treasure. Say, say this with me. He is our treasure. You know, much of what we do with our money or our wealth reflects much of what is in our hearts or what we truly value. In other words, how we spend money, okay, how we behave in our spending shows where or what you value. Right? If you were make an, if you will do an accounting today, okay, of your monthly expenses, and you will find out where you are spending heavily, right? I am probably spending heavily in the house. Spend for your electricity, your rent, your water bill, your you know, your food, right? How many of you know that? Okay, because that is what you value. You value your family, right? And there's nothing wrong again with that. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, how many of you have heard financial freedom? Ever heard that? Yeah, yeah uh, you know, a friend of mine sat down with me and he told me, Pastor, you know, if you had all the money in the world and you had all the free time in the world, what will you do? And I was taken aback. Whoa! I mean, just imagine, money is no longer a problem. You have everything. So he told me, write down a list from number 1 to 101. And mind you, I did, I did the list. I only came up about 30. I didn't even reached 50. I said, wow, this is hard to do. I mean, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have all the wealth in the world, you wouldn't know what to do with it because you don't know the purpose of that wealth. And then I, I, I was blown away. I was pastor already, and I couldn't comprehend it. I said, Lord, 
yeah, this is probably not my, you know, this is not my cup of tea. <laughs> but you've heard that. There's nothing wrong with financial freedom. We want to be financially free. But what's dangerous is that when we pursue it, okay, when we pursue money, wealth, richness, if that's the heart issue today, then we are in danger. In fact, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And yeah, it did happen. It happened to me. I mean, I was, you know, dead said I want to be financially free. So, you know, I, I, we ended up with, you know, because of doing a lot of things without wisdom, without the infinite wisdom of God, with leaning on my own understanding, guess what? We ended up having debts. And that was bad. See, that's how it is. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. We were just, you know, talking about um, with Rain this, this lunchtime, you know, he had a friend who had a nice um, Porsche, right? And then after that Porsche, he decided to buy a Ferrari. And then he didn't like the Porsche anymore because he had the Ferrari. You know, you know what's called in, in, in economics? It's called the law of diminishing returns. Because after it has satisfied you for a while, say for a while, it diminishes after a while. It doesn't satisfy you the same time, the same, I mean, in the following day, it's different. At first, you're so excited. Yes, praise God, I got this. Yes, but following day, yes, so good. Following day, and guess what? After a year, the car, the brand new car that you bought, is there in your garage. You know, gathering dirt and dust. And that's a reality because it will never satisfy you. That's why Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay? God wants to know what is really important in our lives. And hopefully, today, as we're, we're, we're preaching this word, all of us will understand that God is our treasure. Amen. Not the wealth, not the riches, not our finance, because you could have everything, and then you die the next day. Who gets your money, your wealth, and your riches? What is it for? Right? Remember the rich young ruler? Remember? You know, he, he did everything right. He said, Jesus, what do I lack? He says, you know what you need to do? Sell all your possessions. And then come follow me. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. And then he left that scene. He was so discouraged because he had a lot of wealth. Because the wealth possessed him. Hopefully we could understand, you know, that God is our treasure, and He possesses us. We are His, His people. Amen. That's why, again, what does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Let God be our treasure. And lastly, why do we honor God with our wealth? Because God is our source. Amen? God is our source. Whether you have plenty or whether you are in lack today, God is our source. Can you tell that to your neighbor? God is your source. So if God is our source, okay, the Bible says, in fact, King Solomon says, 
in all your ways. What, is, what does it say? Acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Solomon again tells his son that in everything that you will do, you need to acknowledge God. You need to recognize God. Again, when, when, uh, when Conrad shared the offering a while ago, he was saying, you know, we tend to forget God. And if we fail, the danger, okay, the danger of not acknowledging God as our source, that's where the downfall happens. Let me just go forward with this. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, that's why, you know, this was a stern warning, eh? It says there, beware. Everybody say, beware. Right. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You know, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, I love our OFWs. They come, they, they come here and you know, they, they have this, uh, then they, this, they go into this business. Have you ever seen those jeepneys, you know? Pawis ng Saudi. You know what I'm saying? Katas ng Saudi, sorry Anyway, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? They're saying, you know, but guys, you need to understand that all of these things, the things that we have today, is from God. Yes, we labored. Yes, we, we did hard work. That's why God honors that. But ultimately, the Bible says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, so that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your father's as it is this day. See, again, in Deuteronomy, otherwise it says that when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when you have the herds, the flocks, the silver and the gold, and all that you have multiplied, Deuteronomy says, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. And that's a danger. That's the danger of not acknowledging that the source is God. Amen. Amen? Praise God. As I end, I want to share to you um, this man. His name is R.G. Le Tournois or Tournay, whatever. It's just hard to pronounce it. He's, he's born in the U.S. in Richmond. And this guy, this guy said, and I quote, the question he said, it's not how much of my money I give to God, but rather how much money of God, uh, how much of God's money I keep for myself. This guy may not be, um, you know, uh, familiar, but during the sixties, I mean, he he opened a university. In fact, he was called the great industrialist. He is an inventor, and in his invention, seventy percent of all his earth-moving equipments. Okay, were used in World War II. And this is how he, 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 he actually lived his life. He gave 90% of all his earnings to God, and he lived off 10%. In fact, he was called God's businessman. Doesn't compute, right? 10%. He lived on 10%, but yet he became wealthy, he was the, the great in, one of the great industrialists in the U.S. Amazing man. In the end, really, 
when you look at it, he honors God as his source. It is not a challenge for him. Hopefully that is, that is also true and real in our hearts. As I, as I end this, why do we honor God with our wealth? Because God is trustworthy. God is our treasure. And lastly, God is our source. I want to leave you with this main point. And it's really very simple. To honor God with our wealth means to trust Him with everything we have. And then if King Solomon was still alive today, okay, although my name is Solomon, I'm not the king. Although if he's alive today, he would say, you know, this is it, guys. This is it. If you want to be successful in life, trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because it's just easy for us to give 10% of what we earn today. We give an offering today. That's great. God bless you. But let us not miss out why we honor God. We can honor God because He is trustworthy. We can trust Him. Amen? You can trust Him for your finance. You can trust Him with your business, with your income. Even if you have debts today, you can trust that He will. He will save you from that. Amen? We hope you were inspired by that message. Begin the new year right by staying updated with our schedules and events. Make sure you have the Victory Alabang app on your mobile devices. Thank you and stay connected.